Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Bite Size Cybercrime, the podcast where we discuss cybercrimes and cybersecurity news. This week we will be discussing a ransomware attack on the Hawaii Community College. In this case, the school admits they actually paid the ransom. Ransomware is malware that encrypts the files on a system or multiple systems, making it inaccessible to the owners of those systems unless they pay a ransom to the attackers. The attackers will then provide a decryption key so that the data becomes available again. Ransomware groups have become huge organized crime groups because ransomware puts people in a very difficult situation. You can pay up and your problems are over, or you can refuse to pay and try to rebuild. Many groups will also use double extortion methods, where not only do they threaten to lock your data behind cryptography forever, but also leak that data to the public. This makes it a lot more enticing to just pay the ransom and hope they're being honest about it. However, there have been cases of threat actors not keeping their word and not providing keys back or leaking the data anyways, or multiple keys being needed that cost extra money. There's even been a few cases where a wiper that just straight up deletes the data has been disguised as ransomware, so once the money is collected, they can't even choose to give the data back. It's gone forever. The standard advice used to be to simply never pay the ransom, but over time it's become a lot more complicated than that. It needs to be examined on a case-by-case basis, rather than applying just a flat rule of don't do it. Hawaii Community College is an accredited public community college and is also part of the University of Hawaii, who made many of the statements I will be repeating, which has over 50,000 students. Last month on June 19th, a new ransomware gang called No Escape listed the University of Hawaii on their extortion portal, which is a portal that shows the victims the gang has attacked and how much data they are threatening to release, if a ransom is not paid. In the case of the university, it was 65 gigabytes of data. And although some ransomware groups tend to bluff and don't actually release anything, this group had a history of releasing the data if they were not paid. IT systems at the time of the attack were also shut down to contain the damage and prevent further spread of the malware. Over a month later, where we are now, the school released a public statement saying the gang had the information of 28,000 individuals, and although it was difficult, they negotiated with the group and paid a ransom of an undisclosed amount, although it was supposedly in the low six-figure range and came from their state insurance. They were simply able to file a claim to get it covered, so the money did not come directly from taxpayers or students. One factor in their decision was they were confident that this data would have been posted online had the ransom not been paid, and the university claims that the hackers agreed to delete the data. The reputational, legal, and financial costs of dealing with a data breach that involves sensitive information may, after all, outweigh the financial cost of just paying the ransom anyways. Whether or not the threat actors did actually delete the data is up to debate, but the relatively young ransomware gang so far seems to be keeping its word based on the history it has with other organizations it has extorted. The University of Hawaii also said that due to the attack, they have to restore the IT infrastructure of Hawaii Community College, and that the wireless network is up, but the wire network will not be restored until August 14th, 2023. All individuals whose data was involved have been contacted and they have been offered credit monitoring and identity theft protection services by Experian, 
just in case that data is out there anyways. Even though the ransomware gang has a history of deleting the data when negotiated with, it is still definitely wise to be on the safe side and accept the identity theft protection and credit monitoring services. You should always assume that in the event of a breach or ransomware like this that your data has been touched and it is no longer safe. It was not specified if the data was from students, faculty, or both, and what the nature of it was. We can make an assumption, though, that it was likely personally identifiable information, like first names, possibly phone numbers, emails, and physical addresses, and it potentially also could have been banking information as well. Many have criticized the university for negotiating with terrorists and trusting this group of hackers, but it is genuinely a difficult decision to make, and not all cybersecurity experts are in agreement of whether it was a good decision or a bad decision. This group had a history of keeping its word. It may seem odd to trust hackers who are stealing your data and extorting you, but if you think about it, if they're dishonest and leak the data anyways, no one is going to pay the ransom because they know it will be leaked anyways. There is a very strong financial incentive to actually delete the data and give over the encryption key when the ransom is paid. Of course, not every group is honest, that's why it's important to evaluate all the risks before paying a ransom. We, as the general public, don't know the full scope of the incident, so I'm not going to pass judgment one way or another. The university worked with cybersecurity experts to make what they believed to be the best decision for their case. Ransomware risks a lot more than just data. People's livelihoods can be at risk, and there have been cases where companies permanently shut down due to ransomware, so although it's not a good decision, it is sometimes the least bad decision. Thank you to Bleeping Computer for reporting on this case, as well as the University of Hawaii for being transparent about what happened. It opens a lot of doors for criticism to admit something like paying a ransomware threat actor, especially from those who don't really understand just how hard it can be. And of course, thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Bite Size Cybercrime. My name is Chloe Donis, and until next time, stay secure.